Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. Happy New Year to all the Heart of Midlothian family and what a start to 2023. As Hearts served up the biggest margin of victory in an Edinburgh derby since the 19th of May 2012. And joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the Jambos 3-0 victory over Hibernian at Tynecastle is Mr. Daniel McIver. McIver, how are you? Happy New Year! Happy New Year. Uh, it's a fucking happy new year. Oh, I'm just, I'm great. I'm so good. It was so much fun. I can't wait to speak about everything. How are you? I'm, I'm good, mate. Um, I've got to be honest, uh, a little bit breezy. Um, I think the weather forecast was reporting temperatures of, was it minus eight in Leith? Roughly, I yeah, something like so that. So make sure that you wrap up warm, folks, because yeah. th- this is going to be a hard winter. Don't you Definitely. worry about that. Um, before we discuss the latest damaging derby defeat in the potential catalogue that Hibernian Football Club could create on that particular subject, we're going to chat briefly about the other five matches in Scotland's top tier to kick off 2023. Uh, not a great deal of action, uh, it would have to be said. That's um, one way of putting it. <laughs> the uh, the six fixtures kicked off with an old firm at Ibrox. Uh, Rangers 2, Celtic 2. A late Kyogo equaliser keeps the gap at the top of the table to nine points. Rangers, of course, being just minutes away from trimming that down to six. Um, good news appears to be coming in abundance for Hart and Midlothian with regards to Aberdeen Football Club and their... Their festive demise, would that be yeah, that be fair to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Dons continuing to have an absolute disaster class over the festive period, uh, the latest instalment being a nil-nil draw at home to Ross County, who are bottom of the league. Speaking of towards the bottom of the league, uh, Kilmarnock and St Mirren played out a nil-nil draw for the second time this season. St Mirren won't be there, but Kilmarnock might be. Um, uh, and another side that also could potentially be towards that bottom end of the table is Motherwell and they played it a one-each draw away in West Lothian against Livingston. Um, and the final fixture was a Tayside derby which saw Dundee United win 1-0 at McDermott Park. Uh, Hearts obviously broke their hoodoo so now United feel it necessary to, to go there and win uh, courtesy of a late Tory Watt goal uh, against his former club. They appear to be reaping the rewards toward that bottom end of the table. So... McIver, what did you make of the uh, other quintet of games before we talk about the main one? I have no memory of Tony Watt playing for St Johnston at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's one way to start discussing the five. Yeah, like that's. But let's stick with that because that was mental. I just saw, obviously, most of these games I just saw through sports scene. But it seemed like St Johnston had all the highlights, and then Dundee United had one chance and took it. Um, which, in fact, listen, as the more games go on, it's looking like that point at Tannadice was actually a no-bad result. Yeah, they, they'll get out of this, United, won't they? Yeah, definitely. I think Fox has used the World Cup breaks really well. Um, I said it last week, they've got bigger players back now as well and just seem settled. St Johnston, I don't know what's really going on. They're just a really topsy-turvy. Um, but again, th- their early season form will keep them away from any danger, you have to imagine. I think so. Um, Motherwell, I, I genuinely think this could be their year. Yeah. The, the more I, the more as time goes on, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. 
it's crazy. I, I, I honestly, I, I mean, they've no got a chance now, given Ross County are in the league. True, Hebs are in the league. Yeah, very true. There are a bunch of teams that could compete with them for that title. But obviously, Nicky Devlin just can't take penalties. Apparently, that was funny. Um, in sense, the Livingston. I'm just like. Martindale must be really frustrated because they seem to keep getting themselves into really good positions and then kind of chucking it away a wee bit. But again, they look more solid than most teams in this league. Um, Jim Goodwin stopped the rot, at least. That's a positive. They didn't lose. <laughs> um, but I I don't know what's happening. I saw Christian Ramirez play for what feels like the first time this season. and that's, he was still there. Yeah, that's when you know we'll get to it in our game when a, when players like that are coming out the woodwork and getting put into games for the start you know there's a problem Ross County just I don't know where any points are going to come from and meaningful points in terms of um, wins obviously considering how well Aberdeen have done at Pataudry that's actually a really good result for yeah, them regardless so. of the form that Aberdeen have been in um, the old firm I saw the first half and I was saying to myself that Celtic looked like in a different league to Rangers at points in that first half. Like, it was crazy, the kind of gap between them. And at halftime, you were thinking, this is only going one way. Then Rangers come at the blocks, and I've only seen the highlights, but from that, Rangers look to be in complete control, and Celtic are grabbing it right at the very end. I think before the game, the title was done anyway. I think Celtic are winning this anyway. But with that equaliser, I think that definitely is it now. If they got it back to six... Maybe. It I, keeps I it interesting, doesn't it? If they yeah, get back to six, exactly. I'm with you. I, I think it's done. I think that's it. But yeah, it was... W- despite the lack of goals in most of the games, there was actually quite a few talking points from every game. Um, and Kelly are Kelly. <laughs> there we go. Kelly and St Mirren are Kelly and St Mirren. <laughs> nice. Well, lovely way to uh, conclude that. Conclude yep. that quintet of a Let's be honest. You've clicked on this episode. You don't really care about the other five. <laughs> like, we're just brushing it over because, one, we're dragging it out the time because I'm too lazy. <laughs> Two, it's nice to discuss other teams, see other goings-on. Erehon elbowed somebody in the face for no reason five because minutes in. <laughs> because it's actually of benefit to us. So this is, like, yeah. life's, life's good. Every result went our way. Yeah. Literally every result went our way. And for once, or it feels like for once... Heart of Midlothian capitalised in tremendous fashion. Um, I believe it was two changes that Robbie Nielsen made from the victory over St Johnston. Those being Michael Smith in for Alan Forrest and George Grant uh, being replaced by Barry Mackay in the starting 11, which meant that Hearts lined up as follows. It was Xander Clark in goal, a back three of Toby Civic, Kai Rolls and Alex Cochran. Uh, Michael Smith, Cammy Devlin, Robert Snodgrass and Andy Halliday across the middle with Josh Janelli and Barry Mackay supporting Lawrence Shankland in attack. What did you make of that 11, MacIver? I'll be totally honest. I think that's our best team at this point. I think that starting 11, considering the injuries that we have, is our best team. Um, so I wasn't shocked. I said last week I thought despite Forrest scoring, he would be dropped just because Smith would be back. Um, Mackay obviously came on and won us the game. Grant missed a set of five yards. I can understand why Nielsen would choose to <laughs> swap that round. I'll be honest, though, I mainly want to speak about the Hibs team because it's been the talking point. I was on I was on my way to Tynecastle and my phone buzzed for Footmob and it 
gave the team. Mm-hmm. I've got it and here if you want. Please run it through because it's it's so strange. And I'm on Fault Mob as well, so right. it has Hibbs as a four four two, David Marshall in goal, a back four of Lewis Stevenson, Paul Hanlon, Rocky Bashiri and Will Fish. Uh, across the middle, Ellie Yuan and Chris Cadden on the left and right, respectively, with Joe Newell and Josh Campbell in the middle of the park, and Kevin Nisbet and Harry McCurdy up front. So, when I first saw it, FootMob wasn't in a formation yet, it just had the list of players. And in my head I went, have they changed shape? Because I was giving it Billy Big Boss last week, saying I know what shape they'll play, they'll play their four-two-three-one. <laughs> they never change for the four-two-three-one. <laughs> this, this is what it'll be. And in my head I'm like, Bloody hell, they've gone to match us up. I thought they were playing a 3-4-3, much like our... Or a 5-3-2, the 3-5-1, whatever you want to call it. Three I 5 at the back. Yeah, they've went to match us up because I saw Hanlon, Bashiri and Fish and went, well, that's three centre-halves. Like, there's no way he's chucking Hanlon or Bashiri. on either side makes yeah. sense. That's what I thought it was, and I was like, interesting, because the worry I had was that we were going to lose the midfield battle because they were going to have three, but I was like, oh, interesting, they've kind of just lined up man for man. And then I get to the ground and see the opening five minutes, and I'm like, they're playing a back four, and they've chucked in Will Fish from, like, there's, there's obscurity, and then there's Will Fish. Like, I couldn't believe that he not only played them, in a derby, the biggest game of Lee Johnson's managerial career at Hibs, that he's chucked Harry McCurdy and Will Fish on from the start. Before the game, he starts speaking about how Harry McCurdy will either score the winner or get sent off. What's that? We'll get to Lee Johnson's comments, but what's that <laughs> got to do about inspiring people? And I do really feel for that boy, Will Fish, because you're, you're hung out to dry. I know he hangs himself out to dry, We'll get to that, but that—that's so much pressure. And I think Nielsen must have looked at that team and just went, "If we get a goal early, we've got this." He's nineteen years of age, Will Fish. That's unfair. Could, could, man. Couldn't tell you if it's his first, second, however many starts. But speaking of starts, what an emphatic start, as you rightly alluded to. Robert Snodgrass and Alex Cochran are looking to create on halfway. The latter sends it to Andy Halliday before, again, continuing his run. I don't know what it is about Alex Cochran recently, but that guy, just, he is a man possessed. Yeah. Don't know what's happened to him. Andy Halliday's cross is a poor one. Yeah. Um, Hibbs look to clear before it is Harry McCurdy who picks it up. Mm-hmm. And then, for me, this was just great to see. Some Australian tenacity kicking in as a guy rolls is all over McCurdy like a rash. He's forced backwards, sends it back to Wilfish, who, as you say, doesn't get a minute's peace from Cammy Devlin. He looks to usher it out of play. Don't know what's going on. Two slide tackles later, the ball falls to Josh Janelli at a wide angle, who shifts onto his right foot, tries to bend it past David Marshall, and the veteran goalkeeper palms out into that six-yard area. And who is on hand but Lauren Shankland to stab home his 17th goal of the season with less than 8 minutes on the clock Hart and Midlodian are ahead you'll love to see it ironically I thought we were really poor the first 5 minutes I thought Hibs started way better than us um, really poor that's the truth I just thought Hibs looked more up for it but that goal it from a Hart's perspective 
is everything you want, and from a hip's perspective, is everything you don't want. Pretty much summed up the afternoon. Yes, exactly. 100%. It really did. I'm really glad you mentioned Kai Rose, because I feel like he's kind of been lost in this goal, because all the attention is on Devlin. But Rose does... McCurdy just looks terrified that Rose is still putting pressure on him. And so he, he goes back. Out. It's so yeah. it's so it's such an unexpected position to see Kai Rolls in. If it yeah. was on halfway and he's right up against McCurdy, I could understand it. But it's almost as though he wants McCurdy to be the one to force it out of play. Yeah. It's it's fantastic positioning from him. And then as I say, it's clearly Will Fish has not started many games. We don't know exactly how many. It could have been his first, but it's no more than a handful. What you don't want is to make a mistake. What you don't want is to make a mistake against probably, in the league, the worst player to make a mistake against in terms of who will capitalise on that. You definitely don't want to make two. Because if you make a mistake, the mindset should be, just get rid of this. It might go for a throw-in, it might go for a corner, whatever. But Fish, as soon as Devlin blocked that chance, he should just be sending it. I know in his mind he thinks this is going out for a goal kick, it's fine. But he doesn't even shepherd the ball. He just stands in front of it. It's not like he's blocking off Devlin or anything. At the, at the very worst, MacIver, he either concedes a corner or ushers it into section G. Yeah, exactly. But, on the flip side of that, it Devlin is the perfect derby player. Just properly never give up, never say die. It looks like a completely nothing position. He's made a good block that got everybody excited, but it's got to go out for a goal kick. Fine, we've got the crowd on our side. And then that's not his mindset. His mindset is, no, I'm getting that still. Manages to play a great ball to Ginelli. Ginelli's first touch is very good. It completely takes him away from the defenders and opens up that space. I'll say it now, because this is going to be the start of a trend. I thought David Marshall had a bad game and don't understand how Hibs fans are using him as a justification of having a good game. I don't get it. It's a bad save. He literally puts it into the worst possible area. Totally agree. And then, I've watched the goals back many times. I still don't understand how Shanklin gets there first. There's three Hibs defenders and they're all ahead of him. And Shanklin manages to get in. Exactly what you want early goal, settle the nerves, get us right on top of them. Because as I say, I felt for the five minutes beforehand, they were kind of getting into the game a bit more. They were coming into tackles heavier. They were trying to keep a pace up. And on that moment, it switched. Is that just down to the fact that it's not solely one error and that there's a catalogue of errors from numerous different players? I think that is a good point, actually. If it's one player making an error, you can kind of go, right, okay, it happens. He's but still got like, time to make amends, whereas yeah. you're asking for Will Fish to make amends. Probably Harry McCurdy as well yeah. to, mm-hmm. to make amends, having lost the ball. David Marshall certainly to make amends. And, and, and numerous, I mean, I think Bashiri, Hanlon. And Stevenson. Stevenson. All three in attendance. Yeah. it's It, it was perfect for us. And... Also, you felt it. There was then just a feeling of fear running through the Hibs fans. The Hibs team going, we're not in a good run at all. That's putting it mildly. We've conceded very early. This could be bad. And I feel Hibs went into their shell a wee bit after that for the next five minutes. And that allowed Snodgrass to just start going, right, I'm running this. What a joy to behold that man is. 
It really it is, so isn't it? Good. So good, so cool, so calm, so composed. Lovely left peg. Just a really wonderful footballer. A joy yeah. to watch. He yeah. really is. Um, he talked about that five-minute spell. I mean, Lauren Shankland ballooned one over the bar. Harry McCurdy, again, another one who would balloon over the bar, albeit both efforts are from tight angles. Kevin Nisbet is next to try his luck. He has a deflected effort which trickles just wide of the post. Joe Newell found Eli Yuan, who was probably Hibbs' biggest threat on the day, yeah. um, on the left flank. He feeds Nisbet, but Alex Cochran, a great block from your mate to divert it wide. <laughs> but let's cut to the chase. 30 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know how to, how to sum this up. <laughs> so, Joe Newell... Uh, Joe Newell fouls Lauren Shankland who runs through after receiving from Alex Cochran <laughs> from the resulting free kick let's just say that chaos ensues yeah that's a good way of putting it Robert Snodgrass floats it into the box Paddy Mackay follows over looking for a teammate Hibbs looked to have cleared but only as far as Cammy Devlin who slams towards goal <laughs> There's an altercation involving Toby Civic and several Hibs players. He stabs home. It's to no avail. Civic is alleged to be offside. VAR checks for that. Then we realise there's a VAR check for a penalty. <laughs> can you can you <laughs> can you just enlighten us? Because this <laughs> this situation for me was just so farcical, so embarrassing. Right. I'm handing over to you because I, I, I don't know what I can say. So I'll give you my perspective on it as I was in the ground and I'll explain for people who haven't seen the verdict and all this part, I'll explain what the official decision was. So in, in the ground, I saw it go in and I saw it hit Bashiri's hand and I immediately called for a penalty. That I was like, that's a penalty. 100%. But then, Civic scores, so I just start celebrating, and I'm like, I think it was shit. Didn't we all? Um, exactly. And then you're like, it's been disallowed, what's happening? Then VR goes, checking for an offside, so naturally you're like, shit, right, somebody's, I couldn't tell who it was, but I was like, somebody's offside. And then, it's, on a way, actually another check's being done for a penalty, and you're like, Every you you felt Hearts fans go well. It hit Bashiri's hand, but with the handball rule, how much did he know about it? <laughs> and then the when, balls in the back of the net. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then when Clancy goes over, I feel like we are currently in the period, the kind of first two year period of the English Premier League when they got VR, <laughs> where whenever an official goes over to the monitor, he's going to reverse his decision. It doesn't matter what it is. So they've got it in their head, oh, I've been asked to go, I must have been wrong. So, sorry, you were absolutely adamant as soon as you saw Kevin Clancy walk on over. I went, we're getting a pen yeah, we here. We were getting a pen. I was like, we're getting okay. a pen here. I don't know why. Can't see, I but... didn't feel all that confident. This is my first time at Tynecastle with VAR. So oh, I, of course. The first Edinburgh Derby with VAR. The first time I've been at Tiny because I'm a part-timer these days, yeah. with VAR. I was thinking, what the hell? I was thinking, if this is it every week... Dad could just have the season ticket for the remainder because I'm not arsed. <laughs> so I I did think I was like if he's been asked to go and check this is going to be a penalty and it was. So the the verdict came out 
on Tuesday? I can't mind. Yeah, because it was Monday. It was Monday that it happened, so it was the next day. Uh, On Tuesday. Yesterday. It came out. As we record. As we record this yesterday. Um, And I shared it on Twitter going, I think it's a brilliant clip. I think that show is going to be really good if that's the kind of stuff they're going to do and go that in depth. So, I feel really bad. I can't remember the former referee that is with Richard Foster. I haven't seen it, mate. Can't comment. Um, Basically, he explains that in that moment, four checks happen, which is why it takes the six minutes. The first check is, is there a foul by Andy Halliday on Joe Newell? Which is what Hibs fans seem to be hanging their hat on, going, there should have been. But no. So that's deemed, no, there isn't a foul. Sorry, it's almost as if they're clutching at straws, but Maybe, maybe. Is there a foul on Joe Newell? No. Then, is Toby Sibick offside? The answer is yes. Which he is. His mm-hmm. foot's offside. Brilliant. However, the handball by Bashiri is the first action. So, is that a handball? That's a third check. And then the fourth check is, it is a handball. Is that a red card? As Is it stopping the ball? Is it denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity? I thought that little bit of video, I would highly recommend seeking it out. Because the, the referee's speaking about how this is a great example to show refs in training about VR because it has everything it has multiple it has a foul has an offside has a handball potential red card denying the goal scoring opportunity extra mash in the middle of the box 100 it's a really good learning tool the decisions are all correct and I've seen out with some Hibs fans that seems to be the unanimous view amongst Scottish football that yeah the VR decision is correct it is definitely a handball Bashiri moves to block the ball with his arm and it hits him. I can understand why it wasn't given as a red because they need to determine is that going in? Is, if Bashiri doesn't get in the way of it, is it going in? And, and I think they saw know. I think they saw it was Cami Devlin and went, no, it's not going in because it's him <laughs> shooting. So therefore, it's a booking. <laughs> yes. The six and a half minutes was a long time. But <laughs> that was crazy. I will, I will be honest. For me, it doesn't bother me. Right? I will say this. I know it. Cle- I know that clearly other people don't feel the same, Absolutely and I fully get marbles. that. I'm as long as it gets to the right decision. I'm not bothered by how long it would take. I would like it to be shorter, but I can understand why making four checks where one of them is to decide a goal that could kill a game and one of them is to decide if it's a red card which could kill a game, you need to be 100% certain. So that's that's even just saying each check takes two minutes. I think normally, if you were, it's a two-minute VR check. I think people would understand that, but it's because there was four all at once. Can, can I ask you something? Would you feel the same way if this was against Hearts? Yeah, because I in agreed terms with of reaching it with, the correct decision. Yeah, I agreed with it with Devlin against St Johnston. That's a penalty. The right. one against Cammy Devlin. I'm just curious. I was like, That's all. Yeah, I, I, I'm just eager to because there will be pe- there will be people who are like, I'm all for it when it's going in their team's direction. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but. The Devon ones are really good. And the Snodgrass one. I think both those are penalties yeah. in St. Johnston. And I r- think that the right decision was done here. I would, of course, like it to be quicker. And I naturally think that will happen. Because look at it in England. It took this amount of time and now it's down to here. There will be some things that take longer. But as long as it gets to the right decision, I'm more than happy. I'm gutted for Civic. 
because he didn't get his goal against them. And that he is clearly performance really, deserved. Yeah, he clearly really wants to score against them because he immediately started doing the hands and the ears celebration to them. Um, but at the same time, Shankland has to wait for six minutes going, am I getting this penalty? Am I not getting this penalty? The mental strength to be able to... I liked, by the way, Cammy Devlin standing in between him and Marshall. He stopped Marshall saying anything. As if Marshall couldn't just look over Devlin's head <laughs> and, and speak to Shankland. It was a taller, more intimidating figure, perhaps. Yeah, he'd, he'd get away with that. But yeah. yeah, maybe get rolls or something. He stand in front. But it, was, it was seeing Cammy against uh, Xander Clark. That, that was great. Half. That was yeah. brilliant. But... Shankland, we've I think we've spoken about it now in three shows. We just have a penalty taker that seems to really annoy Celtic fans. That is actually we're confident he's going to score whenever he steps up to take one. I'd stick my life on it. Yeah, that and now he's how confident. Now he's on eighteen. He's two away. We said we said that we're not going to touch on. That My point thing, was going to be, right. I still don't think he'll do it. Our luck <laughs> on that he'll somehow no do it. He spoke about it in the week. He was like, oh, if I did it, I'll have went through the wash runner form in my career. Yeah, I saw it's that. Like, it's like, yep, yeah, well, it is us. We've got, it would be the most hearts thing ever. Neil McCann was like, he'll get 30. Neil, shush, mate. Steady, Wait until he's at steady, 20. Steady, steady, steady. I'm just looking at the fixtures. So, submitted on Saturday. Uh, St Mirren again of course at Tynecastle Friday the 13th Aberdeen uh, the following Wednesday the 18th I was thinking it would be nice if it was at Easter Road but I don't want that to happen it would also be nice (laughs) if it was at actually all the games that could happen is against former teams he's played for and then him St Mirren and Aberdeen yeah yeah good point McIver so it would be it would be cool for him to do it against a team he's played for against or hips. So regardless, it could, just you, get to you with the knowledge. Yeah, right. exactly. If, if you yeah. fancy unleashing, I don't know, eight in the four games, Lawrence, <laughs> exactly. then that'd be great. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to complain either way. Um, as you say, eventually steps up. The standard skipper slams home beyond David Marshall, despite his best efforts as he went uh, went the right way. McIver, we're two 0 up. We're absolutely cruising. I can't be the only one that was thinking this I, I guarantee that you weren't thinking this but I thought to myself let's get three, four, five. let's smash this lot good and proper what were your thoughts? I was thinking this is really good please don't concede before half time because I was like if we concede before half time it changes absolutely everything and we'll fucking get to a moment where I thought we were but this is this is the, let's just talk about it now because this yeah. was the only other first half highlight. This is my favourite moment of the game. Oh my god! I'm, I'm no, come on. Yeah, it was. It was my favourite moment. I know of the that game. I, I actually know that you're that type of guy that would rather than look at any of the three goals back. You've probably watched this. I've watched this about <laughs> thirty times. Honest to God. And this moment epitomises the first half. This particular player's performance. A slack heart's pass and a poor first touch isn't the what? end of the world. <laughs> They're only human. They are at hearts for a reason. However, Eli Yuan benefits, races through on goal, aiming to half the de- deficit, get Hibs back into the game right before half time. 
and like a steam train, Toby Civic zooms back towards his own goal, makes an inch-perfect recovery challenge, and I thought that Toby Civic was absolutely outstanding. I thought, you know, fans are quick to criticise, and I have to say that sometimes, bar probably at Hamden, he has performed really well in Edinburgh derbies. I thought he was brilliant uh, when we drew 0-0 at Easter Road. Was it last season? Yes, um, saved that goal, made that goal in clearance right at the, right end. the very end. Yeah, yeah. and I thought he was different class in this one too. I I love him till my heart breaks. That's all I have to say. I I said it on Twitter. I can't remember. I don't think I've ever been present at a game where a defensive challenge has been met with a stand innovation that goes for 30 seconds. It was unbelievable. It was like a goal. I've seen yeah. people say on Twitter that they were getting a pie and thought we'd scored again <laughs> because of the reaction to it. It's, it sums up a player who's had a complete turnaround and it's amazing to see. He obviously, he was going through that period of time where he clearly had no confidence. His form was really dropping off. He then had that breakout the team that it's fantastic man management by Nielsen. And since then, he's just been a different player. As you say, the only exception to him in the end of derbies was when he allowed them to get back in at Hamden. And then he kind of doesn't do much wrong for the rest of the game. But still, that moment is defining in that game. I, I couldn't believe how good he played at the weekend. He was, he was absolutely amazing. And listen, yes... Ellie Yuan should not give him any hope of getting there. He takes way too much time. He's dawdling. I was speaking to Hibs fan Chris Finn, who works with the Terrace, and he was saying, because I was asking him, I was like, do you think that's Yuan not realising Civic's there? Or Yuan's like, I know he's there, but I've got enough time to find a corner. What did he say? And Chris's point was, as you just said, that it seems to be Yuan as a hole that he kind of can lose confidence he can either do something brilliant or something terrible and he's trying too hard almost and we've seen plenty of players like that who are not in great form so they try something that they wouldn't normally do when the simpler options there he should take one touch and hit it he takes four and it allows Civic but it's not Civic has like four yards to make up on him it's an incredible burst of pace and just as I say, the reaction to that was amazing. Three stands on their feet for half a minute, clapping them, the song starts going. And I was like, right, we've got to half time. That was the that was it for me. I was like, if we don't concede in the first half, we should be alright. Great tune as well for Toby Oh, it's so I'm, good. I'm a big, big fan of that chant. Um look, there weren't many sort of chances. <laughs> anything too noteworthy really in the second half no. but I do want to chat about the changes before we touch on a couple chances if I can call them those um, we we made a double change on 55 minutes and that saw Nathaniel Atkinson and Alan Forrest replace Michael Smith and Andy Halliday want to give a quick shout out to Michael Smith you know his double shift Edinburgh Derby win on the Monday World Darts champion on the Tuesday. What a week for him. He's absolutely flying, the guy. Um, but when these changes occurred, it did somewhat kill our momentum, didn't it, McIver? It definitely did. I think part of that was because Forrest 
isn't a defender at all. He's a he's a right winger. And Nathaniel Atkinson has never played left back in his life, never mind left wing back, and it was his first appearance since the World Cup. He himself put on Instagram that it, he was rusty, which <laughs> I think we all saw well, that. At least he acknowledges it. Yeah, exactly. And what it does is, whilst they didn't do a lot in the game, Halliday and Smith were, especially in the first half, were good at just kind of playing the simple pass, keeping it going making a block here or there, and it meant Hibbs couldn't get a proper rhythm going. Hibbs brought on McGeady, who I think was their best outfield player. Personally, for me, he came on and made a difference. That was in part because we had to make our changes through forced. Thankfully, Halliday isn't concussed, because um, I was like, "How? what's happening? How are we getting another concussion here? He's okay. Hopefully, Smith's all right. He pulled up after he got his booking against McGeady. McGeady and Cadden in the second half caused us problems. I totally understand why some people will be like, that's unacceptable, that's worrying. We were in complete control and we could have let them back in. First of all, the big thing is we didn't. First clean sheet since Motherwell away. Ironically, also in a 3-0 win. Thank um, God, because I was going to ask you that as a quiz question, so I'm delighted that you, <laughs> that you mentioned that. I knew, no. I knew I shouldn't have asked that and <sighs> given you a gift, so that's great. Fuck Your Christmas sake. is well and truly over. No it's good, New no Year, though! <laughs> <laughs> um, and secondly, it was enforced. It wasn't like this was a tactical decision to try and sit on the lead. We had to get them out, and it was players playing out of position. I think it was all right. They, yes, they definitely, that's when the game swung in their favour. But it's not like it's the end of the world. It's all do, right. do you think we were fortunate in that the changes would probably do get punished by a better side? Yes, I think that's fair. I think if, for example... Does that sort of lead you, sorry, to then use the January window wisely and try and bring in a couple reinforcements? Yeah, that's fair. I think, for example, on Saturday... I think if we make if we have to make those changes, I think St Mirren could punish us. Yeah, they're However, pretty good at home. Or they have exa- been pretty solid th- at home. I, th- I think they're unbeaten. I don't know. Oh, I know you're asking. They're unbeaten against right. the old firm. They beat Celtic and Drury Rangers. I know that. And I can't think of any other time when they would have lost. No, they but, lost to Motherwell. I remember it. Right. Right at the start of the season. A managerless Motherwell. And I think God, that's been the only defeat. I know. What a, I know. Now, now look at the pair of them. Yeah. This the, league is wild. Tables have turned. Um, against Hibs, I think it was all right. Obviously, it helps that we're at home. That might be different in the cup game if we have to make similar kind of changes. But I also think, and this is kind of a more general point about the second half, we'll get to John Collins in a bit, where <laughs> it's very easy to look good when you're 2-0 down. Because naturally, I, the the team in the ascendancy is going to drop off a bit because it's like oh well we're we don't need to do anything. Leanne Crichton said exactly that on Sports Sound. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree anymore. Um, look, Hibbs would try and make a game of it. I mean, Chris Cadden, as you said, aimed to bend one with his left foot into the top corner, but it was a routine stop for Xander Clark. They were creeping back into it. They nearly pulled one back in very fortuitous circumstances. It's a lovely run again by Ellie Yuan who. Again, I'm going to reiterate. I thought he was their biggest nuisance. It's between honest. it's between him and McGeady. Fair I think. comment. Um, but Alex Cochran clears onto Joe Newell, yeah. and Xander Clark has to make a smart stop to ensure that it remains two nil. Um, <laughs> in what was a pretty poor second half performance, again we were touching on it. Our only real opportunity, and and I use that term 
loosely. Um, <laughs> so Rocky Bashiri nutmeg himself with a header <laughs> and Barry Mackay pick up. He then tries his luck from range and he tries to bend his effort into the corner but it's unfortunately wide. Had that gone in, that would have just summed up what was a frankly hilarious afternoon. Um, it was just I, when it happened, everyone the, the ground went oh because like we've done anything for like fifteen minutes. It was, it was just like sprung into life. Yeah, and it was it was as if Rocky was like, I'm bored up back here. I want to do something, and I've never, I've never, I feel. I feel so bad for Rocky. You, Bushy, you always think him out the way, but I, I, I get it. He's but, terrible. No, but in the sense of so many things that happen to him involve him, and I never think they're his fault ever. <laughs> like all the stuff about signing them when they didn't want to, that's not his fault. Then playing them when he was suspended, that's not his fault. Then here, no other player would get nutmeg when the ball's up in the air and he falls into a nutmeg. That doesn't happen. Where does he rank in terms of, like, unfortunate cult hero? I'm thinking, like, the Zibby Malkowski scale. Where, he's not where that level he yet. He's not that level yet because, to my knowledge, he's not done anything in a derby that, like, we've directly benefited or from. Or punished him. Like, had Barry Mackay scored here, you could make. Well, in fairness, he did handle it for the second goal. But that's not like that's a thing that can happen. Like that's not like he 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 didn't catch it. But it's just it hit off his hand. Like numerous Hibs goalkeepers will top the list, but Rocky yeah. Bashuri is gradually ascending up that Malkowski scale. I will say, I think he's been Hibs' best player this season, right? Oh. And I know that's no, it's not very hard. <laughs> that speaks volumes. And I, I think he has. He it, he's clearly settled in. Remember the first couple of games where it was like he couldn't trap a ball. That's clearly... Travel bag of sand. Yeah, he's not at that stage now, with the exception of this freak moment. He generally, he, he's he's kind of learned to use his power and pace and stuff like that. But I do just feel like every bad thing that happens to him, kind of, he's at the epicentre <laughs> of it. And I do feel bad for him. I genuinely feel bad for him. That makes one of us. Um, two big chances would fall for the visitors but we're battered away oh. by Xander Clark on his Derby debut. I mean, this, when your luck's in, it's well and truly in. <laughs> or in this case, when your luck's out, it's well and truly out for Hibs. Um, not once, but twice from Kyle McGuinness after a Chris Cannon cutback. Kai Rolls would clear from Kevin Nisbet in the process too, but how Hibs didn't score with five minutes to go to set up a nervy finish is absolutely beyond me, McIver. I mean, as you say, this was key in terms of I'm, us recording only our second clean sheet in the Scottish Premiership this season. At, at the time, I thought it was like two unbelievable saves by Clark. I you thought it was like two absolute sitters. Yeah, and yeah. when you watch it back, it's like, <laughs> now listen, the first one, the first one for it's Clark a is, save. is a great save. The second one is literally just hit at him. And it's, so the first one you can go right listen he probably should be doing better but it is a good save the second one it's like you have the entire go- if he aimed literally anywhere else that's <laughs> going in yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought Clark was fantastic generally the the reflex save he makes when Cochrane clears it off Newell oh, is amazing especially when you watch it back and you realise he's actually shouting at the ref He's got his hand up, shouting at the ref Love for offside, that. Love and he that. St- 
And as he does it, he kind of just pushes his hand it's back and keeps it out. Yeah. You're all welcome for me pointing out who's a free agent. No worries. <laughs> We're not doing this again. Not a problem. We're not doing this I had, again. I had to get that in there. Come on. I had to. Where's Give GMS me. these days? <laughs> I was going to say, you've been giving me a time. We're guy Stephen. And Andy Halliday. Halliday's been incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew he was underrated but Gary McKay Steven is the worst shout I've ever had so let's move on <laughs> there was one final chance to speak of as Hartman Lodin sealed the deal more Derby Day delight this was just this is oh the first goal is comical this is equally this is, oh, this is amazing Robert Snodgrass finds Lauren Shankland after a lovely W from George Grant yeah again was I was I was criticising the substitutes I don't think Grant did a lot, but this goal plays a but pivotal role. He gets an assist. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, after he came on for Barry McKay, and of course Stephen Humphreys came on for Josh Janelli. No, Josh Janelli. Yeah, no. sorry. Well, it was McKay yeah, and Gino. Grant for Janelli and Aye. Humphreys for McKay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but again, lovely dummy from George Grant. <laughs> he slips it in to Stephen Humphreys off the bench. And the big man just breezes past Paul Hamlin, Lewis Stevenson, two hip stalwarts, two total losers, slots past David Marshall, three goals, three points, more misery for Hibernian Football Club. The ideal start to 2023 for everybody of a maroon persuasion, but the defending is horrific. The ball is on halfway and it lands on the penalty spot. I don't know who's culpable. Is it Hanlon? Is it Stevenson? Is it David Marshall? I don't care. Stephen Humphreys, bosh. And then the ensuing celebration is incredible. Absolutely tremendous. I had 2-0 in my preview. I was somewhat raging, but then when I saw that he caps it off with a wonderful third goal, that's just hilarious, like I say, I was absolutely overjoyed. Brilliant. I have so many points to speak about with this goal because it's equal part, much like the first one, it's equal part amazing from our perspective and insanely bad from theirs. You ask the question, who's most culpable? For me, the least culpable person is Hanlon. Hanlon gets done by the ball, right? Hanlon gets done by the ball. At his age, I can understand it. You could argue his position maybe should be a bit better but I think he thinks the ball's going out wide to Forrest, so adapts his body shape and then goes, oh, shit, no, it isn't. 2023, and he's still starting games for Hibs. It's it's insane. Incredible. Well, speaking about that, Lewis Stevenson is next culpable. He has about two yards on Humphreys, and Humphreys treats him like a wee boy. (laughs) Humphreys just... Humphreys' movement to him is almost as if who the fuck are you? Like, what are you doing? I'm here to score. Like, what are you? What? Go away. That's really bad. But when you watch it back and you realise Marshall, I, I genuinely have no idea what he's doing. The only thing I can think of is that he thinks Stevenson's getting to the ball and is going to pass it to him, so he moves to the side Wider to receive the to, pass. Yeah. yeah. But... You can tell pretty quickly Stevenson's not getting there. But but to begin with, Marshall should be coming out. 
And he's Marsha so, should be coming to he's his so slow to move on over. It's Mate, insane. Honest to God, see when you see where the pass starts from Grant, and it's it's literally it's inch perfect on the penalty spot. Yeah. How can it travel that distance? I don't understand. I just don't get it at all. But on the flip side, Humphreys is so good. I've done uh, it. I've done the thing you shouldn't do. Uh, I'm just in love with him. Haven't you? Oh, I just no, love him. I know. I know. <laughs> He's hitting the gritty and everything and what, just... What about his comments? Scoring against Hibs is better than scoring against Fiorentina. I mean, as if I could not love that man anymore. He's begging the move, the messages about Craig Gordon, basically calling out Hibs scumbag fans for wishing, like, death upon oh, Craig yeah, Gordon after that, his injury. Eh? He wants the move. We all want the move. Come on, hearts, let's make it happen. I don't see why not. I, I, there has to be some sort of financial deal agreed with Wigan. They they are not in the best. They've got no money. <laughs> they're not in the best situation. Let's just yeah. say. So come on, let's make it happen. But oh god, it was so good. It was so, good. so funny, and just yeah, Humphreys just seems to get it completely by his tweets. By afterwards, how he was like for weeks. I've been saying I'm going to come on. Score against Hibs. He was calling Laura Shankland the best striker in the league. But yeah, this man exactly. is just a, a, a grade A wind-up merchant. I'm, I love him. I really, really do. And this is... He's going to leave. God, <laughs> I, I know. Handle he it. Just, he just add him to the list. Talking about loanies, Ellis Sims looks to be getting his chance at Everton. I, mean, I feel so bad for him. Oh, they are rank. But I was just thinking in terms of like the list, I mean, it goes back to like... Ricardo Fuller, Lee Miller. In terms of strikers, yeah. Ellis Sims. I really hope Stephen Humphreys isn't added to the list because that would be not so nice. But yeah, just just a great day. And then after a great it, day. Lee oh. Johnson just was like, I hate all my team. I hate them. <laughs> I've not spoken to them. They're all rubbish. Like, what is he doing? I thought you were going to go into John Collins's. That was that was going to be nice. We'll get to that now. Let's I, speak I, about that. Now. I'm just realising that folk from the borders know next to nothing about football. Yeah, basically two for two so far. <laughs> um, listen, I we were in the car as my dad was giving me a look. I saw your tweet and I had to go check this out. Sorry, it's in. It's insane. It's so funny that everyone in the studio just starts having a go at him as well. Rory Hamilton, Leanne Crichton, Mikey Stewart. They're all just like, you're clueless. What are they on about? Because it says so much when Michael Stewart's the one talking sense. Am I right in saying that John Collins' last job in Scottish football was as assistant to Ronnie Dyla at Celtic? In terms of a coaching capacity, yeah. Right. And that was, what, a good five, six years ago? Yeah. Six seven now. There's a reason for that. Just saying. he's very. I saw a Hibs fan say that uh, Collins is like almost fanatical in his way of wanting football played the right way. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. So to him, that second half, Hibs did deserve something at the game because they had a lot of the ball. They were creating a lot of chances. They were keeping it on the deck. They were making did, passes. Like aside from the Kyle McGinnis shots, did they really look like scoring? Never, and the UI in, in the first half. Yeah. I can't remember, like, it's all right huffing and puffing, but it wasn't really to, like, at no point did I feel all that threatened, if I'm honest. Yeah. 
I was exactly confident the that Hearts were going to keep a clean sheet pre-match, which was bold considering our We've awful defensive record. <laughs> but given how light they are up top, I mean, Kevin Nisbet was absolutely anonymous. Again. And that's, and that's a guy that's come back from injury and has been in form leading yeah. up to the match. Yeah, he has been. Cochrane so, and Rolls did very well at marshalling him. Can, can I ask you something? As mm-hmm. a pundit, perhaps the trickiest question that I'm going to ask you all, all episode John Collins or Tam McManus choose your fighter oh Jesus Christ pure I'm gonna go with Collins purely because as the better or the one that you'd want to knock out the most <laughs> as the <laughs> as the better to listen to because he's at least he says such mental shit you can at least find it funny. McManus is just career, if we're being honest. Oh, John like Collins. Collins. Collins is like a professional. Was like second to none. Oh, like he was player. unbelievable. But he's a shit pundit who knows <laughs> fuck all what he's talking about. Just a great day. A great day. But we enter a pretty depressing month, if I'm being honest. January isn't my favourite of the year however one consolation is that the January transfer window is of course now open McIver before we get into the quiz I just want to ask you about three players that Hart Midlothian have been linked with the first of which is a player that we know all too well about Uh, Callum Patterson uh, plays anywhere and everywhere the 28 year old is currently applying his trade with Sheffield Wednesday he turns 29 in October is this doable for you? I think it's got a lot less doable in the last six weeks. Because of Wednesday's form. And the fact that he's suddenly played every single game because they've had a massive injury problem and he's been participating in Wednesday's unbeaten run. The only reason I'm really familiar with Wednesday is because Newcastle have got them in the cup. So oh. I've been kind of paying attention to them. That's this weekend. Um, Big club it's, Wednesday. Yeah, it's at Hillsborough as well. So I'm worried. Um, but Patterson will be playing in that and he's been very good so I think if we'd maybe tried to do this a wee bit earlier which obviously we couldn't but we maybe would have been a bit in a better position but generally I, I just hope we get it done I want him back there you go troops for that cup game lump Callum Patterson and 1-0 Wednesday on your yep. podcasts. <laughs> exactly exactly um, the next one is a 21-year-old forward-slash-winger who goes by the name of Yutaro Oda. Uh, he plays with Vissel Kobe in his native Japan. I don't have the foggiest about the guy. You, I'm assuming, don't have the foggiest about the guy, but you seem somewhat excited about the potential signing. I'm a guy with Star Wars tattoos, and we might be oh. signing Yoda. Oh. Yes, I'm buzzing. Um, oh, dear. I think he's, by the sounds of it, he's got a very good pedigree. Um... He's in a position that we kind of have not had a lot of consistency with this season, out with Gino, really. Gino's been our best wide player. Um, I, I'm interested in it. It's from Vitesse Kobe, who are, to my knowledge, the best team in Japan, in the Estes team, the team that Kyogo came from. It's good pedigree. Um, I, I'm looking forward to him. He seems small, he seems quick. He seems different to Ginelli. He seems more like a Mackay where he likes to have the ball at his feet and take people on rather than run. Everybody's been looking at that goal record and are instantly worried, aren't they? I know, and I think it's a bit Harsh. of a shame because so much of it is off the bench yeah. and he's so young. So I think like he needs to go somewhere where he's going to get a run in the team. And 
we haven't really had anybody on the left nail down a place so if he can come in and hit the ground running I'm looking forward to it fair point uh, and I know you're looking forward to that but the signing or the potential signing that's been built up by Barry Anderson and a couple others will have you absolutely jumping for joy as Garang Kuhl am I pronouncing yep, that right? Garang Kuhl uh, the 18 year old forward uh, is with Newcastle United he was part of the Australia squad in Qatar yep. um, and has previously been with Central Coast Mariners who we signed Kai Rolls from he's obviously joined your English club Yep. but you'd love that given that you obviously talked about Elliot Anderson potentially signing on the yeah. and that's fallen through um, but the, the young Aussie uh, could be could be the latest to swap, it would, to swap Tyneside for Tynecastle there you yes. go it would be signing of the season it would it would be wow. ridiculous it would be I, I think I've said on Twitter I think there's a close to 0% chance of it happening he's literally in the top 50 wonder kids He's uh, been nominated for the Golden Boy. Like, he is going to be next level. And I don't think we have the capabilities. The advantage we have is that we have always international teammates playing for us. So Yeah, these Aussie connections just come on up. Yep. Yeah. Um, Eddie Howe has spoken extensively about the fact that he wanted to get him in. He's worked permit to fucking ages. But then the World Cup helped him get the amount of points that he was, needed. Did I say that he was born in Egypt? Yes, he was born in Egypt and he was a um, refugee uh, ah, to Australia. Right. And so I think um, that's had an impact on his work permit there was, as a result. There was a bunch of patter and then it was, oh, he's played in the World Cup and he's actually got minutes at the World Cup. So that really helps your points in terms of getting a work permit. Ah, yeah, because you've got to have a particular Certain amount of international Yeah. yeah. Um, so that helped. Eddie Howe immediately has been like, we want him to play at a certain level. So Newcastle have been loaning out players such as Matty Longstaff to League Two, uh, who's just in Mansfield after Mansfield, Aberdeen. yeah, after mm. Aberdeen, and Matty Longstaff's I think 21, 22. <clears throat> this guy's eighteen, and is like, we want him playing minimum Championship quality because he's that good. He'll be able to do that. Um, obviously, it's up to English media punditry and personnel what they think Hearts is in comparison to that level uh, from January to May because that's how long we'd get him he's, he's been linked with clubs like Reading and stuff like that they might want him to play in the English game reunite with Andy Carroll oh yes exactly oh, exactly another one of your, your favourites they might want him to play in the English game he's a very wee guy so they might want him playing in the English game to kind of toughen him up I would argue you could get that up here as well 100%. Um He's a very direct, quick player. He's, he just the ball just sticks to him. It's unbelievable. There might be the worry that he's not going to be able to do that as much. But considering that we're a good team who are creating a lot of chances, he's going to get that ball to feet. I th- I would be absolutely delighted with it, and I would like fully put myself on the line and say he'll be a success. I don't see how he can't be. Nice. I I really hope that it doesn't reek of Ben Woodburn. If I'm being honest. But he, ben he probably Woodburn, has a greater pedigree than Ben Woodburn. Did. Ben Woodburn will never in his career get to the levels that um, Garang's at now. Wow. There you go. Sorry, but, Richard Cobb, but that's the, just the reality of the situation. Big words from the big man. That'll be uh, a barrel load of abuse coming our way on Twitter from Richard Cobb as a result. Yeah, um, exactly. nice what's, what's different? Uh, yeah. When's that any different? The, the day, any day. does end with a Y, I suppose. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, exactly. um, right. 
January's done. Derby's done. On to the quiz. The best segment of the show. We I think we're going to get beat in St Mirren, by the way. I was going to say, we could talk about St Mirren if you want. Would you take I don't think we will. I think we're going to... I think, Paisley? Go, I think it's going to be one all. I could see that. I could see that. But then They just seem really good then, at uh, New St Mirren Park. Not a great result. Away at Kelly. They don't have Erehorn. You'll be banned. No, Still, who's the best player? Have they got that Bacchus back? Yeah, well, that his name? That, that's if he's not sold to Rangers by then, like the record report. Oh god, honestly. is that a thing? Oh, mate, search it. Uh, and today they've been linked with sh- they've been linked linked with Shanklin through, through Barry <laughs> Ferguson going. <laughs> I think they'll have a look at him. <laughs> so, so there you go. Um, don't know if Mark O'Hara's back, but anyway, I don't know. Well. But, who cares? It, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't be the worst point, but no, I like, I'd I'd like, a point. I'd like all three. Um, the quiz, right? Sorry, right, done, done enough to get about. So, got two general questions, uh, a multiple choice, a true or false, and of course the coveted "Who am I?" So, we're kicking off with both your general questions. Uh, the first okay. of which, uh, there's no real theme. It's kind of hearts this season. That's right. A little bit of Derby stuff. Yeah. Um, first question. After the most recent res- recent run of results, Jesus, tricky for me to say, in the cinch, there's one team that haven't won away from home in the league this season. Who is it? Right, it's not Hibs because they won opening day against St Johnston. Rangers, Celtic and us have. <sighs> have Motherwell. Have Motherwell. Yes, they have at St Mirren. Um have St Mirren oh no maybe I, maybe I planted that earlier oh I shouldn't have done that have St Mirren trying oh they beat Aberdeen but was that at Aberdeen no that was it my my brain is either Kelly or St Mirren but St Mirren I'm going to go with Kilmarnock is the correct answer well done McIver good start get in your next question Lauren Shankland scored a brace on Derby Day, but who was the last player on either side to score twice in an Edinburgh Derby? So both answers, the last player for Hearts and the last player for Hibs. The last player for Hibs is Martin Boyle. Who netted twice in a 2-0 win for Hibs, their last Scott victory Allen in the got fixture both assists. on Boxing Day 2019. Right. 2019! 2019! <laughs> right, hold on. So Shankland did that. Then it was 1-0, so that doesn't count. Then, I'm just, now, random game. Oh, it was Halliday. Correct. In the yeah. one win against My brain was like, wait, what? Different. This seems more obvious, yeah. Right. Nice. Two for two. Come Good on. Start. Two for two, as you say. Your third question is, how many of the Jambos, this is your multiple choice, so don't worry, mm-hmm. 35 league goals so far this season have come from open play? Is it A, 20, B, 21, C, 22, or D, 23. Right. I can think... Well, Shanklin scored eight penalties. How... And he's also scored a Snodgrass free kick. So that's it. How many did you say? We scored 35. We scored 35, yeah. So that's eight, nine. How did he score two? That's 11. So that's 26. What was the highest number? What was D, 23? 23. 23, right. So I'm missing three goals at least somewhere. <laughs> no, you said 11. That takes you to 24. From thirty-five. Oh, it does. Yeah, I thought it was at. Th- I thought I'd take him on ten. <laughs> I'm gonna go. What? 
<laughs> was 21 an option? 21 was an option. So it's I'm A20, B21, C22, or D23. I'm going to go B21. And you've hit the woodwork, because the correct answer is C, 22. Ah, oh, I was going to... In my brain, That's I was like, it's either 21 or 22. I should have went 22. Fair play. So 21. Two, two from yeah, 35. 22 out of 35, eh? So there you go. Uh, you're true or false. <laughs> I had to pay homage to the celebration. The gritty, which is the dance that Stephen Humphreys did after scoring that third goal, originated in NBA. No, it didn't. It, it well, it, there's dispute as to where it originated. It was originally the rapper that I can't remember his name in 2017, mm-hmm. and then th- oh, I can't mean his name. But for the Minnesota Vikings, did it when he scored a touchdown in 2018. So that was the NFL. Is the correct answer? Yes, false. I thought I'd catch you, yeah. but well done. See, I'm you, a you know you the, know you're gritty, <laughs> and the only benefit is I'm also a fan of American football, so I know ah, that. Fair enough. Okay, so three right. from four. I'll take well. it. Regardless well. of the who am I, I'll t- and I was only one off the multiple choice. And that's that. it. A minimum sixty percent. It's looking good. Yeah. It's looking See. good. Um, right. right, you. Who am I? <laughs> if you get this, I'll be very impressed. <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> I began my youth career in Germany, the nation of my birth, before signing for Hearts as a youth player. I scored my first professional goal alongside two fellow Jambos who also bagged their first professional goals that day all of whom were on loan at a lower league Scottish club with our loan club winning 3-2. I'm from a footballing family, as my uncle and cousin both played professionally, I went on to play in Bulgaria, Germany and Belgium after making just seven hearts appearances but I've only been capped at under 16 and under 17 level. Who am I? I can't think of a fucking single German that's played for us except Marcel Langer. So it's no him. Uh, right. I'm getting this man's wiki up because I know that you're going to ask questions. <laughs> I've got about four in my head, so I need to narrow it down. Good, that's what we want. Right. So he was a youth player who's German, but he's the best he's played for is under 16. Do you want me to, I think you need to listen to this a, a little bit more carefully. Okay. I began my youth career in Germany, the nation of my birth, before signing for Hearts as a youth player. I scored my first professional goal alongside two fellow Jambos, who also bagged their first professional goals that day, all of whom were on loan at a lower league Scottish club, uh, and our loan club won 3-2. And from a footballing family, as my uncle and cousin both played professionally, I went on to play in Bulgaria, Germany and Belgium after making just seven hearts appearances but I've only been capped internationally at under 16 and under 17 level. Oh, so the only thing I had wrong was that he's also played for the under 17. Right. He must be German because if I started my youth career in Germany, the, the country of my birth, that means they're German. Okay. Right, they're not going to be fucking German then. You're going to fuck <laughs> this. Right, I have a weirdly specific question. Okay. Did you say... Well, no, this isn't the question. Uh-huh. Is one of the clues that he, he played at a Scottish lower league team? Yes. Right. My first question is, can you tell me between what years he played competitively in Scotland? So not when he joined us on... As a youth player, but from when he made his first appearance in, like, if it was a loan, if it was a heart, okay. until um, he left. 
Well, this player uh, was a member of the successful under-19 squad who finished second behind Celtic during the 2010-11 Scottish Premier League under-19 season. The loan that we're discussing mm-hmm. uh, was made, uh, that deal was made on the 3rd of November 2011 and it was to a then Scottish First Division side. But was only until the 4th of January 2012. So he has... So that means he was part of the squad that won the cup. If he was back. If the loan was back. I have a question that is stupid to ask. But if I get if it's a yes, I know who it is. Okay. But it's <laughs> 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 nice. Right. Do I just go with clubs? I have a name in my head, but the problem is okay. if I ask the question in the clubs, I don't know any other club he played for except us. But the question that I have right. is so narrow. It's literally about a single game. Right. That it's like, if it's no, then I've wasted the question. I think you're on to a winner here. I've thought of another way to phrase it that is equally niche, but it at least gives a bigger thing. Was he touted as being good at set pieces? <laughs> Yes, MacGyver, he was. My guess is Denis Periachenko. <laughs> yes, get in! Do you know how I got that? Go on. Because you, if you'd said his loan was for the 11-12 season, I wouldn't have got it. Ah, I would be too generous. Because, but that's why I asked specifically yeah, about yeah. that, because I was like, the as soon as you said that the, the squad that won the cup, I was like, oh shit, I'm bothered here. Because that's why I did it. I was like, Piriachenko was part of that squad. Where is Piriachenko actually? So he was born in Germany, but what is his nationality? Born in Germany, he represents Ukraine internationally. Of course, he's the only Ukrainian he ever played for us. Despite being born in Germany. <laughs> yeah, despite being born in Germany. So, yeah, I thought I could, I thought I could maybe... I, 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 I was very tempted to try and lead you down this German line <laughs> thought, but listen very carefully um, you, did, you worded that well enough that I if I'd compl- you out. yeah if yeah. I'd complained about well he's German no you didn't say that you didn't specifically I say just said he was born there yeah, who is his uncle and cousin his uncle and cousin let's have a little look because uh, none un- of the clues I will say this right now none of the clues help me Literally no, no, none of them. Uh, so his so uncle is uh, Volodymyr Prichenenko, who is an assistant right. coach with SC Tavria Simferopol. Uh, and his the cousin... Famous. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, but then. Um, yep. And his cousin is 31, but it says, according to Wikipedia, that he's a former, profe- uh, f- former okay. football defender. So... No idea if he's retired so, or not. Someone. Right. Um, and his name is Stanislav Prichenenko. And play. he also what? holds Russian citizenship. There you go. Who was his loan at? On the 3rd of November 2011, Prichenenko joined Scottish First Division side Wraith Rovers on loan until the 4th wow. of January 2012. On the 26th of November, he was one Tell of... Tell me Walker. 
On the 26th of November, he was one of four on-loan jambos named in the starting lineup for the 3-2 victory over Hamilton Academical at Starks Park. All three Wraith goals were scored by on-loan Hearts players as Pritchenenko, Jason Holt and David Smith each netted their first Christ. professional goal. There you go. I think I think that's when Walker was on loan though as well. I think yeah, because Walker he was went made, on he was loan. The fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I. Um, I'm buzzing with that. Clubs. Yeah, who are these clubs? Because I, I want to see if this could. Because imagine if I hadn't asked that question. Imagine if I'd asked the clubs question. Let's see what would have happened. So his youth career, Energy Cop Bus, Tennis Borussia Berlin, Hearts, Wraith Rovers on loan. Sevastopol in Ukraine, uh, CSK Sofia in Bulgaria, uh, Union Berlin, uh, RWS Brussels, Bearshot up until 2021, so he might have just missed Lauren Shankland, yeah. uh, and now he plays for Danza? Don't know. No idea. That would have fucked me completely. If I hadn't went... Because obviously... I was hoping that you'd ask the club question because you, you've got a tendency for that. That's all we heard was we've got this guy who's good at set pieces and then in the semi-final... The <laughs> it was like, here we go! Here we go! He's going to bang this in! So my One question was going to be... pieces I've ever seen. My question was going to be did he take out an infamous free kick ah, in the semi-final? I thought, I thought you might ask that. And then when you said, when he, did he have a relationship for set pieces or a rep for set pieces? I was like, oh, shit. I'm yeah. buzzing with that. I so knew those were the two questions. Well done, mate. Good that's 8-4. Eight, 8-4 four. Eight, four now. Four. That was impressive. Buzzing Bastard. with that. I thought that was a tricky one. That was a hard one. The clues were no help at all. I got <laughs> My question, the first question really helped. See, this is why you have to think out the box with questions. Yeah, no, not just yeah. what years did he play at you for fucking ages? Were like, who, what managers did he have? <laughs> As if that narrows it down at all. Oh, terrible. Amazing. But yes, I got it right. Let's. I really want to know how many folk got that. That would be really if interesting. Any. I'd be very, very impressed. But yes, massive thank you for listening to this. It's been a very, very happy episode. We'll probably be back to the Adam shouting at shit next week when we inevitably drop points in Paisley. But until then, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you have, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. It massively helps. If you've been watching this on YouTube, please leave a like, comment and subscribe. That also massively helps us. We're at Perth to Paisley on all forms of social media. Perth to Paisley at gmail.com as well if you want to send us over an email. Adam, where can they get you on social media? Uh, you can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall maybe even pop up with a Dennis Pritchenenko clip of that free kick at Hamden um, just just for a treat for y'all uh, what about yourself mate? I am at dmccarver22 we'll be back next week to discuss the St Mirren fallout preview St Mirren anything else that happens in between but until then we'll see you next time bye bye more JTs! <laughs> <laughs>